morning, NBCC. We are so excited to have you here with us this morning. If you're new here today, we want to get connected with you. So go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen. Here at NBCC, there are so many opportunities to serve. So go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen so you can see where God's calling you and get involved. This morning, we're going to start off our service by worshiping. Please join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this amazing time.
worthy.
As we conclude the music portion of our service this morning, we want to continue to worship by giving. We've tried to make this as easy as possible, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. We are ready to hear what Pastor Mike has to say through his word this morning, so let's jump on in. So glad we could be together today around the word here at Mission Vale Christian Church. Well, if you've been with us for a while, um, you know that we're in the middle of a series through the letter to the Philippian people written by the Apostle Paul. And if you're with us here for the first time, so glad that you're here. Uh, you can just jump right in with us. We're going to be in chapter 3. We're going to pick it up here in verses 12 through 21. But I've entitled the series called Dangerous. And the reason for that is... I just look at the author's life, and he just lived a life that was absolutely um, passionate, um, completely focused, and sold out for Jesus Christ. He didn't let anything get in his way, and therefore he was very dangerous to the enemy and to the culture around him, and he never stopped living and pressing in toward God and toward the purpose of God. Man, that is so much what I want for my life and, and for your life as well, so I hope this is encouragement uh, for you. In this third chapter, um, this particular message today, I've entitled, What do you do when you don't want to? Or, what do you do when you want to give up? You ever felt like you just want to stop? Ever feel like, man, it's just, it's just not worth it? Uh, man, I just really just like to stop right here in the middle of this degree. I just can't finish. I just really like to just give up on this marriage. You know, I've been single for a really long time, and I've been desiring to be married, and man, I just, I just feel like giving up. I just really, really struggle with wanting to do the right thing, but feeling like there's a brick wall, and I just, just want to stop. I remember sitting down with someone um, many, many years ago when I lived in Hawaii, and I remember him telling me um, over a hamburger, he said, you know what, I just, my business life he said, I just am so afraid that I'm going to fail that every time I get a little success, I quit. Now, I don't know if that resonates maybe with some of us in our spiritual life and maybe we're walking with the Lord or maybe you're listening to this and thinking, gosh, I think I'd like to step into a relationship with God. I'd like to know more about this, but I don't know. Or maybe we've walked with the Lord for a really long time and we just feel like the gas is running out. Listen, the Apostle Paul who wrote this, I believe he felt those very same things. Otherwise, he wouldn't have written about this very subject matter. Paul was passionate about following Jesus. He was passionate about the purpose of God and advancing the gospel and planting churches. That's what God had given him for his assignment. But along the way, Paul had a lot of opposition. There were people that hated him and made false accusations against him, wanted to literally take out his life. But Paul continued to press on. He continued to press on forward. Um, and that's what he wants here for the church at Philippi. This letter was written to a group of uh, community of people there in Philippi who were followers of Christ for a very short time. And he wrote this letter wanting them to press on, man. Don't give up. Don't stop. Keep living your life for Jesus Christ. Um, when we fail, when we fall short sometimes, um, I think I've... I've found that I've heard stories of a lot of people who say, well, the church wasn't there for me. Christian people weren't there for me. But um, the way I like to think of it is um, there are a lot of really good churches, healthy churches, and there's some 
unfortunately, unhealthy churches, and we should not base our decision about following the Lord because somebody let us down or someone disappointed us. People will always disappoint us. It's just how life is. We're not perfect. We're imperfect people. There's imperfect pastors and leaders and churches, but um, I want to find at least a healthy one that's striving towards the goal of Jesus Christ. So I personally believe that um, when we fall or when we fail or fall short, the church is not a place or should be not a place where we eliminate those who have fallen, but we should invigorate those who have fallen. And let's just be real. We've all fallen. We've all fallen short. We've all not measured up to the goal that we wanted. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. So let's stop pretending. Let's be real and authentic and admit when we fall. And I think it's just, it's so vital that we're in a place of community where people can lift us up and encourage us. The year was 1992, and um, her name was Beth Ann uh, DeSantis. She was running a marathon, 27 and a half miles, those who have maybe run that, that race. She was trying to qualify for the Olympics, and um, she had to beat to qualify two hours and 45 minutes. Well, she was doing really, really good. Um, she hit the 23rd mile, and that's where she hit the wall. Um, she was rounding a corner. There were eventually 200 yards left of the finish line, and she literally fell to her knees, and she collapsed. She gets up. People literally on the sides are cheering her on. She gets to a 15-yard uh, place before the finish line. Ten seconds left of her goal. She falls down again, and now she's literally crawling on her hands and knees towards the finish line. People are literally cheering her on and lifting her up. She made it. She qualified at 2 hours, 45 minutes, and 57 seconds. With three seconds to go, she made her goal. And here's what her response was. I know that you're supposed to believe in yourself, but sometimes you need someone to believe in you. That's why I'm so thankful for Jesus, because he believes in every single one of us. I'm so thankful for the believers for the community of people who follow Christ in a healthy church, that we can cheer each other on and lift each other up and encourage us. That's what Paul wants to do here for the Philippian people. So let's read this text together, knowing the background of this letter. We're going to pick it up here in verse 12. Paul says this, Not that I have already obtained all of this, meaning Christ-likeness, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, he goes on to say this, And all of us then who are mature or maturing should take such a view of these things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Going on to verse 17. Join together in following my example then, brothers and sisters, as just as you have had uh, as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you, before now, tell you again with tears. 
and with pain. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is the destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mindset is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. I want you to finish the race. God started something with you. Remember in chapter 1, um, in, in the uh, book of Philippians, God will complete the work that he started within you. Anyone can start well. It's very few that can finish the race. So here's five things that I saw out of this text um, through some Bible study and just uh, observations that I think Paul is trying to communicate that are applicable for us today. Number one is this. If I'm going to keep running the race, if you're going to keep running this race to press on, number one, I think we need to have a healthy, what I call dissatisfaction. What do I mean by that? It sounds kind of weird. It means um, simply this. I have not arrived, Paul said. Remember here in verse 12? I haven't measured up. I haven't met the mark. So there was kind of a balance in his life, I think, that was a healthy dissatisfaction of where he wanted to be. It wasn't lopsided, though, where he got all bummed out and discouraged and therefore he gave up. It was like so close, but not yet at the finish line. It's a healthy balance. He could have said, man, I've attained all this, but he didn't. He had a healthy dissatisfaction, knowing of where I want to be, knowing of where you want to be spiritually in your life with Jesus Christ. So how do we attain this place of healthy dissatisfaction, yet wanting to keep pressing on, not being discouraged? Um, I think it's very simple is that we adopt a mindset. There's always room for improvement in our spiritual life. There's always room for improvement in our walk with Jesus Christ. And I think number two to the action point about this is simply having a mentor that we can follow. I think Paul makes reference to that, that we should have models that we can follow that are Christ-like in order for us to attain uh, following Jesus. Number two is this. I think there's a sense of concentration. Deep, deep concentration. Um, verse 13, I love this. Paul says, one thing I do, forgetting the past, man, and straining toward what is ahead. You know, when I look at successful people, they seem to have this drive and this focus toward one thing. If you look at CEOs of companies, successful companies, athletes, professional athletes, writers, um, those who are able to be successful or faithful in some area of life, they are able to have that one focus, man, one thing. Paul certainly had a past. He was killing Christians, persecuting them, rounding them up, throwing them in prison. He actually hated the people of God. He, would, he was, uh, for all intents and purposes, back in the day, he was a terrorist against Christianity. I, I remember I had a, a, a friend of mine, we went to uh, college together when we were in Bible college at uh, Hope University. And I remember after a full day of classes, we'd get in the car and we'd drive back home. We did this five days a week. And I remember he would be asked, hey man, come to this event, come to the sporting thing. We're going to hang out here in the dorms. And I remember he got in the van, he put his hand on the wheel, and this is what he said. Man, I've got a lot of offers to do a lot of other things that are good things here even in this college. 
but I know what I gotta do. Started up the, started up the ignition in the, in the van and we drove back home and he studied and studied and studied and studied. He knew his goal was not just to finish, but he wanted to finish well. And I just love the fact that he said, I know what I got to do, man. That's what I see Paul doing here. Paul was so singularly focused that he said this one thing, he was laser beam. When I think of uh, in the Bible, there was a couple of examples of this. The rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, you lack one thing. Mary and Martha, who were friends of Jesus, he was there at her home and um, Martha was scurrying around doing all kinds of things to make sure that Jesus had enough food. But yet Mary was sitting at his feet and Jesus said this to Mar Martha, one thing is needed, Martha. The blind man who Jesus healed and they were questioning him. The Jewish people, the religious law keepers were, were constantly in opposition against this guy who Jesus healed. Who did this? Who did this healing? He says, man, I don't know. All I know is one thing. Once I was blind, now I can see. I think of King David in Psalm 27, verse 4, when he says this, One thing I ask of the Lord, one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and seek him in his temple. Nehemiah, who was called by God to build this great wall in the Old Testament. A lot of opposition from down below. Nehemiah, come down. We need to have meetings with you. Here's what he says. I am doing a great work. I cannot come down off this wall. I just think this is such a good lesson for us to be so focused. It was E. Stanley Jones who said this, your capacity to say no to certain things will give you a greater capacity to say yes to even the greater things. Paul had a priority. Paul knew what God called him to do and there was nothing that was going to stop him from doing it. Uh, many of us may, maybe have heard this illustration about an instructor in front of a classroom that was trying to teach them about time management. He brought out this huge glass colander and he puts these um, large rocks in full all the way to the top. And he asked the class, is it full? And they said, yes. He said, um, not quite. He brought out the smaller rocks and put them into the colander. Is it full? Yes. Not quite. He brought some pebbles and put the pebbles down and poured it into that colander. Is it full? And when he filled it to the brim, they said, yes. They said, ah. And so he brought sand out and poured the sand in. Is it full? Yes. Not yet, as he brought a pitcher of water and poured it in, finally to the top, filled it to the brim. So what's the point of this class? And one said, no matter how full your schedule is, you can always fit more in. <laughs> no, that's not the point. The point is simply this. If you don't get the big rocks in first, you'll never get them all in. Can we just be real? I think for many of us, some of us need to say no to some things right now. So here's action point on this one. Make a list of things that you need to say no to. And we can just learn to say it, no. <laughs> what are the big rocks that you need to put in your life in order so that the rest can fall into place. Personal, business, spiritual life. I, I want you to think about those things right now and decide what are those large rocks that I need to put in first. I think number three that I see out of this text here about keep pressing on, don't give up when we feel like giving up is dedication. Paul was dedicated, man. He was absolutely devoted. How do we know that? 
Well, in verse 13, he says, forgetting what is behind, straining toward that which is ahead. He was dedicated. He was devoted. He was, had his mindset. This means it's a conscious will of the mind with, coupled with the Holy Spirit power. I will not allow hurt, pain, mistakes, regrets, violations, whatever it is that have happened to me. I will not let those things distract me and drag me down from following Jesus. Paul said, press on. Why did he say that? I think because Paul knew that there were things in his life that were distracted to him in the past. And he says, look, Philippians, I don't want you to be distracted. I want you to press on towards the goal. I want you to stay so singularly focused that you are dedicated without question. So I think the action point for this is simple. Make a list of what you and I need to let go of. Just let it go. Give it to God. Let it go. I had one intercessor, prayer intercessor in my life tell me a long time ago, well, sometimes when I'm in prayer, I imagine this huge bucket and I take the things, mistakes, sins, failures, hurt, pain, all the stuff, and I see myself putting them in the bucket and then I bring the bucket to the foot of the cross and I leave it there. I think some of us need to do that right now. I want to encourage you to do that. Number four is this, teamwork. I see this. Remember we looked at last, uh, uh, last chapter in Philippians that Paul had Timothy and Epaphroditus. They were brothers. They were garden friends. They could hang out together and trust one another and rely on each other. They had a team. Verse 15, notice that Paul says, All of us who are maturing should take a view of such things. All of us. All of us. 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 We're a team. We are together. Some of us got out of the race, the spiritual race of walking with Jesus, because we were hurt in church. We were hurt by a leader. Somebody disappointed us. Somebody wronged us. And now what we do, unfortunately, is we grandstand. We sit in the grandstands and we judge everybody else and we judge everybody else's performance. And I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us right now, stop. Stop doing that. Get down from the grandstand. Get back on the field. Listen to what the coach says and get involved, which leads us to the action point of, I got to surround myself with good people. Surround myself with like-minded people, all of us who are following Christ together. That's how we press on. That's how we keep going. We've got to have, remember last week we talked about garden friends. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane had Peter, James, and John just sit with me and pray. I just need you to be with me. If we can have those devoted friends with us, then they will encourage us to keep pressing on. I think the last one here that I see out of Paul's life is that he had a clear direction. He had a clear direction. Verse 16, only let us live to what we have already attained. He knew where he wanted to be. He wanted to be like Christ. Listen, there will always be those who oppose us. And that's what verses 17 to 21 tell us. There will always be naysayers. There will be always those who are trying to oppose, trip us up, make us fall, make us look foolish. I want to encourage you to press on. Don't give up. Keep following Christ. There was a guy, um, some of you might remember this back in the 80s. His name was Cliff Young. He was an Australian guy. And they said it was the toughest race to run in 1983. Catch this. It was 543.7 miles. There were 150 athletes who were lined up for a six-day race. They were fit. They had their Nike shoes on. They were ready to go. 
And here comes Cliff Young, 61 years old, man, a potato farmer in his overalls. And he had these, these crazy work boots on. People were laughing at him, jeering at him, even writing articles. Who's this guy? Who's this nut? Who's this crazy guy to think that he can run this race? Those who were in a opposition against him. Someone even said, have you ever, ever run a race before? He said, no, but I've chased animals around my farm all my life. He ran that race. They actually named the Cliff Young Shuffle because when he ran, he just kind of shuffled. He didn't really run, but he shuffled when he ran. Five days and 15 hours and 17 minutes later, he won the race. <laughs> the nearest runner behind him was nine hours and 56 minutes. How? How in the world did this guy win this race? Here's the key. Cliff Young didn't know that he was supposed to stop after eight hours and take six hours of sleep. He just kept running and running and running and shuffling and running and he never stopped. He became a national hero. He won $10,000 at that race. Here's what he did. He was a Christ follower. He gave $2,000 to the five people that were behind him in that race. Here's the last thing I want to encourage us with. Press on. Don't give up. Keep moving forward. Make a list of your race that God has given you. Mark the benchmarks in your life where you know God was working and keep running for Jesus. Father, I just thank you so much that you encourage us and remind us, don't give up, don't stop. I pray for anyone out there that may be struggling or wanting to get out of the race or maybe have gotten out of the race, that it's just so simple just to get back in. And I pray, God, through your grace, mercy, and love, you'll remind us that you're just one prayer away. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to remind you, we always have uh, outdoor services here every Sunday at 10 a.m., but we're always online. Love to see you here. If we can help you, check out our website. Hope to see you next week.